You are now listening to the Minority Report Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Minority Report Podcast. It is me, Isaiah, and also here with Juan. Um, What's up, guys? Some... Oh, okay, man. I got to talk about Yadel, man. Like, you just got to cut into there when I'm talking about Yadel. The third oh, person. sorry, sorry. I know Yadel's more important, so I'll just let you finish. Oh, okay, I'll let okay, you finish. Okay, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please, Juan, grace them. Hello, guys. That's it. And uh, yeah, Yadel is not here with us today. Um, He's dealing with some family business, but he will be back next week. And we have a really special guest with us today. We're going to be talking about mental health. So we brought in a friend of mine from back in the day, back in the Wheaton days. Um, Man, those days were really fun. This guy's house was like the hub sometimes when it came to hanging out <laughs> through middle school to high school, even when the school change happened to an extent. It was fun, man. I can tell you at this place, I've, man, there's a fridge and a, a cabinet just for us when it came to like hang out and eat and do whatever we wanted. That was great. Um, I've had, ta- what do they call it? Taquitos? Ta- yeah. Taquitos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I had some bomb taquitos. Always had the taquitos there, had the yeah. freezy pops, got that like <laughs> do, the, that dollar store soda, none of that okay. name brand stuff. You yeah. that mountain mountain breeze. I'm getting to this also <laughs> because I remember I was gonna say this is also the house where I, one of the most embarrassing days of my life, like my stomach dropped to the floor. Oh yes, yeah. so you told me the story and oh, I'll okay. never forget it. And yes, I'm very excited to hear Yeah, I will get to introducing the guest, but I have to tell him the story, get a, get a reaction. So, Zach and his family out doing something, I don't know, uh, probably going out to dinner. And I'm at Jake's house, a friend of ours who lives across the street. And I think it was me, Jake, this other guy named Sam K. Hughes, shout out to Sam. Um, and we're just kind of hanging out outside. And Jake's house, it's like, his mom went like crazy vegan. So like everything in there, like there was nothing for me. I'm sorry, there was nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And Zach had this fridge. There's like this doorway between his house. What do you call that thing? Uh, it was uh, that was the oh that was the breezeway. It was breezeway. like just like in like kind of just up with like bug nets basically, but like it was yeah. carpeted in there between like the garage and the actual house. Yeah, and like that. I mean, <laughs> it was easy to get in from that way. I was, let's just say that. But I was like, man, I'm so thirsty. It was like a hot summer's day, and. Jake is like, man, don't do it, man. Just, just relax. Just wait. Just wait. And I was like, nah, man. Like, I'm cool with them. I'm straight with the stencils. I'm just going to go ahead and up <laughs> on in there. I go in. I get the drink. And literally, as I am walking out of the house, Mr. Stenzel is whipping the infinity into the driveway. <laughs> and I was like, oh. It was, I, I didn't know how to feel. I just kept walking. I don't even remember what he said, but I just remember from that day on, it was like, we didn't even have restrictions at that point. It was like, get whatever you want, do whatever you want. After that, there was a sign on the door that said, one drink, one whatever per person. And I, every time I saw that sign, I'll just be like, Ugh. Bro, you know what it should have been? It should have been like, you, you know, the Ghostbusters logo where it's just a ghost with the, with the line <laughs> going through them? It should have been your face with that shit. Honestly, though, honestly, though, if there, I don't remember any sort of like restriction, but I believe it, but like, if that was it wasn't your fault uh because really? no of course not because like well this is hey, changing. Da- this is breaking like okay. <laughs> honestly if i had to guess like if i know my dad it's definitely like 
he was just like, why are you in our garage when Zach's not yeah. home? Um, sense, but yeah. also, like, it, he didn't care about giving you soda. The one memory that always stick out is when Andy, Andy Davis, went into we the, the other well. one. We had the, yeah, we had the, the fridge, and we also had, like, just, like, a freezer because it's the Midwest, and everyone has a freezer in their garage. Um, and he stole uh, a breakfast burrito, just like a frozen breakfast burrito <laughs> that, that probably had been in there since we bought that house. Um, oh. Like, no one was eating that. But he just stole it, and I'm like, Andy, give it back. Uh, and he just, like, ran off with it. And I was just like, well, this sucks. And then my dad's like, why did Andy steal a burrito? That's the stupidest thing. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> but, like, if, if it was anything, it was definitely, definitely leaning more that way. So take the oh, pressure off yourself. Ooh. I thought you were going to say the one time we were all in the driveway and he came in and he did that thing where he put it in neutral and revved it as hard as he could. And uh, you literally dove into the bushes. Your dad did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulled, he pulled oh, into the driveway. The garage. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like dove straight into <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was some crazy stuff. Hey, anyway, people are like, bro, who is this dude? Like, y'all say you're going to introduce him. Anyway, this <laughs> is the Zach Stenzel, Zachariah Stenzel. How you want to do it? Welcome to the pod. How are you welcome, doing? Welcome. I'm I'm doing good. Honored to be here. It's been been a been a minute since I've seen you, Isaiah. Juan, yeah. it's literally been my entire life without you, but glad you're here now. So, <laughs> but man, I'm doing good. I'm so glad I get to be here. Yeah, man. Um, it's been a I'm while. Glad we're, we're we get to have you on the show, bro. Yeah, I feel like. Now I need to call you Mr. Stenzel because, like, you're a married man. Nah, so I feel nah, like I, now you have this to is true, but no, nah, Mr. Stenzel, that's my father. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we got you on today because we know you have a master's in clinical mental health counseling. I got that mm -hmm. all correctly. Yes, yes, so, yes, yeah, sir. Um, we're doing an episode on mental health uh, this week, and we thought, you know what? Hey, yeah, much overdue. Just, yeah, yeah, really much overdue. When was the mental health awareness month? That was June, right? I don't even. It was one of the J's, June or July, but uh, yeah, I, I think June is uh, suicide prevention month, I believe. Mm, mm. Okay, so yeah, we wanted to make sure to get this uh, done as soon as possible because we want to learn more about this stuff. So first off, I want to ask you, what got you into? Okay, I feel like I may already know this answer, but anyway, what got you into this field? I guess you would say mental health. Yeah. So both of my parents are counselors. Uh, mm -hmm. Like my mom was going through her graduate program when she was pregnant with me. Uh, and then she started her own business eventually. Uh, and then my dad joined on after uh, he was let go of his job at uh, as a youth pastor at a church. And so he, uh, he, he got his master's degree, hopped on board um, and they, they ran Stenzel Clinical Services, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, where I, you know, I spent a lot of time growing up just kind of in that environment, getting to know the people. Um, about four years ago, my parents split up uh, and they, uh, my dad kept Stenzel Clinical and my mom opened up Jennifer Stenzel Clinical and Associates in Glen Ellen. Um, so they're, they're both still doing it, but I've kind of been surrounded with, uh, by it my whole life. So a lot of people go into psychology in college because it's like, oh, it's an easy major or like, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just like what I see on TV. I'm just going to like solve all the crimes, like on like criminal minds or something, but like, it's nothing like that. Uh, it's, it's honestly, at least half your job is paperwork. Uh, but I've, I've gotten to be around it for so long and kind of know what the actual environment's like. Um, 
which is great because then I like I know what I'm getting into uh, and I know that like a job like this is something I can do that uh, it uses like my like talents and abilities as well as the things that I'm interested in and honestly most importantly it's something I can do to help people like if I can help people with the work that I love to do like it's a no-brainer for sure for sure um so speaking of like just mental health in general what does it look like to be i guess mentally healthy if that's even a thing like how what would that look like that is an interesting question i would say because i think that definitely like my version like a mentally healthy zach is going to be different than like a mentally healthy isaiah or a mentally healthy Juan. like it, it, it looks different for each person it looks different for each season of life that we're in um yeah and so like you know if i look at myself like back when i was in high school i thought i was mentally healthy but like looking back on it like nah like no one's mentally healthy in high school like high school high school's a crazy time uh still <laughs> yeah, still yeah. in a state of identity formation like all those hormones going it's crazy stuff but on top of uh, reason, I just in general. yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i no no i get hey i'm out of there now like i yeah. i just moved moved back down to nashville so i am uh clear of wheaton for the moment um thankful for it that's where i got my master's wheaton college but you know maybe someday i'll head back (laughs) (laughs) um but in terms of like mentally healthy i think one of the best places to start is just knowing yourself um like a, a really good example is kind of that introvert versus extrovert debate where it's like i know i'm not inherently one or the other like i'm not ex- like only an extrovert or an introvert but it's more about like which one do i use to recharge like if i'm feeling like if i'm feeling down if i'm feeling like kind of drained like do i just need to like go in my room and just like put up put some headphones on listen to some music and that's how i'm gonna like feel stronger, feel better or whatever. Whereas like, do I need to be around people? Do I need to be around my friends? Do I need like to interact with other humans to kind of like build my mood back up? And so like, I think that's like a real good place to sp- start because a lot of people will be like, oh, I just I just want to be around people all the time. And maybe it's because they're recharged uh, as an extrovert or maybe they are kind of maybe trying to avoid something by uh, always being around people, not dealing with whatever stuff's going on. Right, right. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I feel like you're you're definitely right on that. I've never really thought about it. There's a lot of people who aren't necessarily an introvert or an extrovert, and they need to find a way to recharge, like you said, by fulfilling one of those two tanks, if you want to call it that. I certainly feel like most people that I know personally would probably fall into one of, into that middle category, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There are definitely times where I'm just like, I feel like shit. I just need to go like crash and play some video games. Like, and that's all I want to do for a couple hours. But there are definitely times where I'm like, I just need to be around people because I don't want to be alone right now. Like, I definitely just like being around people that's going to give me the energy. Like, I'm going to have a great time. Like, and that, like, there are definitely scenarios where like I get recharged by either, like, just depending on the day. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this, uh, COVID-19 season has kind of like forced everyone to kind of be on that one end of the the spectrum where they're like forced to be inside, forced to be with either the same people or no people at all. And like, like this on Zoom talking to each other. So what would you say is like a, I don't, I don't want to say like, cause okay. Like you said, everyone's different and I get that. But 
what would be like steps, I guess, to slowly like reingratiate yourself into like society without maybe breaking COVID rules or restrictions? I don't know. Because like people are dying f- for that interaction so much and it's mm-hmm. hurting them mentally. I don't know what you would say, how they could help their mental health without maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Um, this like whole COVID thing really has impacted people's mental health in a way that like we have not seen. It's been crazy. Um, and there, there have been different studies where like in adults, it brings a lot more disappointment, but in some kids, it actually relieves uh, anxiety and stress um, because there are some kids who are, you know, dealing with some school situations that aren't as great. So it's like, great, I get to be in my safe space of my room. Um, but it can come a lot down to environment. If uh, you've got a tumultuous home life, being at home uh, isn't always going to be the safest or the like most mentally refreshing for you. Um, but when it comes to just like reintegrating, uh, being mindful is a real key to that, even on like Zooms like this, where it's like, all right, like I know right now we're recording a podcast, but like there have been plenty of Zoom calls I've been on where it's like, I'm still on my phone, like I'm checking other tabs, like we've yeah. all been there. But like if we're going to really like take like some of this stuff where it's like, all right, like we can only interact in Zoom right now, which like is the case in some places still, um, then kind of using that time really mindfully, setting that aside of like, this is the time that I'm going to get to spend with like certain people and you making the most of that, trying to get that or as we're like, I know here in Nashville, a lot of, hasn't been a ton of restrictions the whole time. Like I just moved down here, but I I was in Wheaton through most of the pandemic. Um, And finding those uh, people that you do feel safe and comfortable around, like you're talking about, like you kind of usually have that like COVID bubble of people you were with. Um, So trying to find uh, just small ways of just maybe at least getting out of your room into another, another room of your house or just going outside for a walk, like, especially yeah right now like getting outside um getting some of that vitamin d getting some of that fresh air not staring at a screen um and not like sitting down or laying on the couch all day like that's a great way to just like kind of push a reset button you know get yourself into that environment and then like maybe that can energize you or whatnot um i don't know what have you guys done of like kind of trying to get yourself out of that mentality of like just staying in the house all day. Ooh, yeah. That brought back a lot of memories from the early days of COVID. Mm-hmm. Back when you thought you were going to get sick just by smelling outside air. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, I definitely find that true for my case. If I'm in the same place for a very long period of time, I lose concentration. I um, become either very bored or just exasperated with whatever I, I, I am doing and I need to have some sort of a change it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to mean oh I need to completely leave my house for example but I may leave my room and I may hang out in the kitchen and then talk to my parents or just shut off my brain for whatever I was doing and start cooking because that's a, a mindless activity you know mm-hmm. and I, I, I found that helped it helped out a lot um, whenever, I mean, now too, because I'm, I'm spending a lot more time at home uh, than like, say, six months ago. But whenever I was in those periods of time where I wasn't doing too much outside of the house, that was super important to me. Changing whatever I was doing after a while, because if not, my brain would just get fried. 
Yeah, you fall into that monotony of it and it just becomes like so routine that you don't want to break it. Totally. Uh, I think yeah. like one of the things that helped me because like uh, of my like four semesters of grad school, uh, five if you count the summer, like three and a half of them were online. Uh, and so I really needed to find like that one designated space in my house that like this is going to be my workspace so that I don't carry that around the whole house. Like I can like physically remove myself from that place of like, this is where I do my schoolwork. This is where I write my papers. Like, but this is where I like sit in the couch, play with my dog, like, and all that yeah. stuff. Like it yeah. definitely like having that separation is really important. I heard it's super important not to do work at your bed. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had, there was someone in my cohort who multiple times fell asleep on camera in our Zoom lectures <laughs> because they were still in bed. And I'm just like, you gotta, you gotta sit up. You're not going to retain all that information of like having this spot being both your work and your sleep spot. Like it's just, it, it doesn't work like that. Like you, your brain just kind of merges the two. You're going to find yourself like falling asleep while you're working or not being able to fall asleep when you're actually trying to because like your brain's like oh we're in this spot let's think about work now <laughs> i never even thought about that <laughs> that is kind of interesting yeah and especially as more like more and more people like are staying work from home like more a lot of jobs are transitioning to where it's like well it doesn't it still doesn't make sense for me to go back into the office i'm going to keep working from home creating that space for yourself can be really important to like just like kind of just distinguish even if it's like all right i'm sitting at this chair at the dinner table to work and the other chair to eat like it can be as simple as that but in molding that environment into what you want it to be like you know i did i didn't keep my playstation in the spot that i had my like my my school stuff because like i fully would have turned the second monitor and just played games all the time. <laughs> which like i'm right. not gonna say i didn't do any of the time so hopefully none of my professors are watching but like i already graduated so it's okay yeah um okay so kind of shifting gears a little bit i wanted to talk about like the stigmas i guess against counseling i'm not even sure if there's like a discrepancy between like male and females willing to go but can you just talk about that like why is there such like i mean i i guess we kind of know but why is there like a kind of uh fear to go talk to someone about mental health yeah um i think a lot of people uh i mean if you look back kind of at the history of counseling uh, and the history of like psychology and stuff, like especially like what the general people who don't study psychology know is like, you think of Freud and like the stuff with his mom. Um, and you think of like Pavlov and his dogs and you think of just like really basic stuff that you would learn in like an intro to psych class. Um, and people sometimes still think it's like that where like the only way to do counseling is where you're laying down on this long leather chair and the counselor's not looking at you and you <laughs> tell them about your dreams. Like yes. it's not like that at all. Um, and I also think there's just this fear that we have as a humanity really of looking weak or asking for help. Um, that is honestly one of the biggest lies because I think the strongest people are the ones who are willing to ask for help and can know when they actually need it. Um, and I think that applies to like any situation. Like when I was on my internship, like I had, there were other interns that were maybe like, oh, I don't like want to bother someone by asking this question. And I'm like, well, I would rather ask the question now so I don't get in trouble for doing it wrong later. Like. I will, I will take the five minutes now so I don't get like a 15 minute lecture in the future. Um, but with that stigma, like especially like you've got 
uh, older generations where it's like, this is for people who are like mentally insane. This is for people who have really big problems. Like, oh, I drink a lot or like, I'm sad sometimes. Like they, it, it just get it gets really minimized. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the stigma comes from of like, a, I can do this by myself and everyone else is doing it around me. It's that like symptom of like, it's just me going through this. And I think talking about mental health and sharing like, no, you're not alone. You're not the only person going through whatever you're going through um, is really important in talking about that stigma. Yeah, I feel like in college, I saw that a lot, which was very nice to see, definitely. Uh, people would always just say, yeah, I'm going through this right now. And somebody else would pitch in, oh yeah, I totally went through the same thing and this is how I got out of it, or I actually haven't been able to get out of it yet. Um, or in a more general sense, people would be very open about saying, yeah, I went to the counselor, uh, the counseling service at my college because one, it's free, which was great, obviously. I, mm -hmm. I think that's, a, that's another big reason why people might not want to do counseling. It might be the, the financial aspects of it. But also because they said, yeah, you know, I, I felt like everything is so overwhelming and I have so much mm -hmm. shit going on. I'm about to reach a breaking point. I need to find some help. And they would be very open about saying it. And people were always very receptive, which I, I, I loved seeing that. That was my, my entire four years of college. It was like that. I think that's really important to have like a, a, a institution that will offer that and promote that and seeing that amongst groups of people because like there's strength in numbers. Like, a lot of the times what mental like mental illnesses or different things that are going on tells you is that you're alone and that you're the only one struggling with this. And to just to hear one other person say, yeah, like I've gone through that too. Like I actually understand what's going on can be mind boggling for some people that it's like, I'm, I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we all kind of probably seen this in the news recently and probably for the past like month or so. Um, Simone Biles just this week, I believe, if not last week. And then we had Naomi Osaka, um, the tennis star, uh, last month, I believe, both talking about taking some time off to recuperate and to take some time for mental health reasons. And I saw a lot just on Twitter, on Facebook, and different places, but people just kind of saying, like, oh, this is the new generation. And, you know, like back then, it's like, Oh yeah, I mean I'm depressed, but I'm gonna tough it. I'm gonna go crazy and I'm gonna get it done. I'll worry about that later. But then it kind of brings up that idea of like toughen up and like you know like just be I don't know be rugged. And what are your what are your thoughts about the toughen up sentiment? Is it ever okay to be like toughen up, or is it just wrong? Or what do you think? I think that most of the time I would say no. Like it, there's not really a place for it. Like imagine like a scenario if I was like, imagine if your dog just died or like a, a family member just got sick and you're, a friend you was like, oh, just toughen up, it'll be fine. Like that's it, like, it doesn't work like that. Uh, so like to hear these, these athletes with these big platforms stand up for their own mental health with things that are just so routine of like, you know, oh, all these interviews where these reporters are asking them question after question after question. Like, yeah, that's that's grueling. That would cause some anxiety, like especially if you're not into public speaking, which like public speaking is the number two phobia in America, um, only behind death. Uh, oh. Like that's the only one that like people are more afraid <laughs> yeah. of. Uh, like it's, it's like it's mental health. Yeah. And I'm spiders is definitely top five. But <laughs> um, like I. 
there are certain times when if you have a trusting and caring relationship with someone you can kind of confront them about this like hey like what's going on get a little deeper not just like a just a quick toughen up one of the ways that i like to think about it is people often think of mental health and physical health as very different issues but they can be pretty similar um about two two and a half years ago i ruptured a disc in my back and it sucked like i i just woke up one morning in the most pain i'd ever been in couldn't walk like it was it was bad and like it, it was that immediate break of something like really hurting and then it was a long road of recovery of like all right now i have to like do physical therapy and i have to make sure that i'm not going and playing soccer three times a week like it's not going to happen um and it took me a couple months and like now i'm feeling better and i think that mental health is a lot like that there can be like that one breaking point like a traumatic incident or a panic attack or just a really bad um uh situation with depression that is kind of that snapping point and people expect you to just suck it up or toughen up and like you know re resume things in normal because they can't like physically in front of them see like a, a cast on your arm mm. um and so kind of taking that same approach of like you need to you need to rehab you need to do like therapy you need to build up again because like if i break my leg i can't just go walk on it the next day because that's not how it works it has to take time to heal and the brain the brain is the most powerful uh computer or muscle or whatever you want to call it and it needs time to recharge and needs time to heal as well I like how it's very easy to see how that kind of advice, the whole, hey, toughen up, man, it's going to be fine. Would it, how bad it is for a physical injury. Like if you broke your, your, your leg, like you said, if you broke your leg and someone told you, hey, just walk it off, man. It's so obvious that that's not the right thing to do. But there's but, still some people who are like, I don't know, like diehard hockey fans and like diehard football fans were like, man tape that joint up and get back out there and be like all right well, doesn't that go back to the whole thing about not wanting to look weak yeah I yeah think so. yeah right. it, it kind of goes back to like not showing pain not showing emotion not showing anything other than leaving it all out on the field like mm -hmm. like of course sacrifice is great but you have to know your limits and i think mm -hmm. that's where it kind of turns into that where men versus women kind of thing where you know like your friends, if you're with the guys, whatever, depending on how good your friendship relationship is, you may not want to, you may be like, oh, I want to talk about this. I want to say something. And then you're like, man, they might just clown me. And I remember we have this, we have this one friend. I'm not going to name him, but <laughs> like, he's very, very um, upfront with his, with his emotions. And he's very like forward with it. And at first, I remember we used to not, not clown him, but we'd be like, man, like, what, what are you doing, bro? Like, you need to stop that. Oh, you're too, you're too lovey-dovey, whatever, all that stuff. <laughs> but then it's like, I think it was the podcast. We began talking to people. We began having guests on and people were like, nah, like, it's, I feel like so crazy that guys can't even talk about this and that. And then of course on the podcast, you'd be like, yeah, that's crazy. Like dudes are just doing that. I mean, our friendship <laughs> is solid. That's crazy. But it makes me think that there's so many groups of guys, friends, specifically mm -hmm. guys who just got to rub stuff off and like, oh yeah, like that girl, I didn't even care about her. I mean, that was just a, that was just a one-time thing or whatever. Then they go home and they're like, ah, like I love her, man. And then it's like, I don't know, man. How do we get to that point where we can, what are the first steps? I don't know. To make yeah, I mean, I, like girls. 
I, I think just continuing, like honestly, con conversations like this, where we're confronting that like, this is the bias, this is the way that things have been done. And we're seeing how that's not helpful. Like, like you're saying in that scenario, like that person's just going home and isolating themselves. That person isn't like reaching out for support in a time where they're not doing well. That person's compartmentalizing the things that are happening in their life, which like, it's not good. Like we can't have happy emotions if we didn't have sad emotions. Like you, you the, the happiness is, there's nothing to compare it to if you don't know the, the sadness. And so just having conversations and being open and kind of calling it out Damn, when that just hit me. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Ooh. Like I, it's why like stuff like this is important. Like there it, it's just been ingrained in our culture for so long that men need to suck it up. Men need to toughen up. Men need to not show emotion. Um and it's the exact opposite. We need we need to talk about those emotions because if we just stuff them down and we just continue to let them like fester on the inside, that's when things get really bad. That's when like, you know, the worst things happen when you feel like you're alone. And like a lot of people feel like they're alone because they've never reached out or had an opportunity to talk about these things with either a counselor or like a trusted friend or a family member. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that stigma that men uh, can't show emotion and have to let all that shit just fester up inside leads to the fact that like more men commit suicide than women? Uh, I think that that definitely is part of it. Um, it the numbers are actually, they're pretty even. Um, it's a little bit more men, but oh. more men are more men are successful in suicides than women. Um, I, I remember that because of a George Carlin. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's true. Uh, more <laughs> men are more successful. Um, they often choose more effective methods um, than women. At least uh, the numbers have shown us that. But yeah, and it, it goes back to that isolation as well of like, you know, just feeling like you have nowhere to go. And that's the only only way to turn. Yeah. Okay. So like that idea that like, you're alone in this so because you because you've kind of isolated yourself to think that like there's literally no one else who can help me then mm -hmm. i'm the only one who can help quotation marks myself and then wow that's crazy that's real but uh mm -hmm. yeah i wanted to go back sorry just really quickly to like the idea of these athletes um having to talk to the press like day in and day out and I know people, we like to make these athletes seem like they're not even human sometimes. Like you're just there for Absolutely. entertainment. And I know mm -hmm. like my mom will say all the time, mom will be like, ah, but Isaiah, they're making millions. Like I, I, <laughs> you, you can't, you, you can't compare them. But I'm like, but seriously though, you have to think like, yeah, I know they're making all this money. And she's like, why are you complaining? Because we have to, and the immigrant perspective is different because you'd be like, we work so hot. We have to do all this, whatever. But they also worked hard to get where they were at. So it's like, there's not much of a difference there. Well, there is, but anyway, it's different differences. And um, I just thought about, I always think about that one thing with Russell Westbrook when he's in the locker room and they say, so did the other team win or did y'all lose? Yeah. You go, what? Man, this is tripping. And I remember it's just like these kind of questions over and over again, or like, Naomi, um, you didn't seem to do this right, and you did that wrong, and um, mm -hmm. the stroke seems a little bit off today, whatever. It's like you don't want to hear all that stuff. Those are the thoughts you have in your head when you're like doubting yourself, and they're just coming. Yeah, yeah. You got yourself. You got your coach. You got your fans. You got the reporters. Mm -hmm. Everyone's telling you the same thing. 
social media random people like man this dude sucks he's trash and you're like right <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's such an immense pressure because when you get to those highest levels of competition like a lot of your privacy goes away like people are like oh this person's at this airport like this person is out to lunch with this person like it, it you lose a lot of that privacy so it's like people are always watching you so every move is under scrutiny and when it's like your your job is to go out there and to perform and then immediately be asked questions about it like have people ask which because like i mean even if they didn't do that all the time it's not like news like agencies and websites and stuff have a lack of things to talk about uh and also we don't need 24 7 coverage of this like you can have set interview times you can have them more spread apart like it doesn't need to be after every win or every loss or like whatever but it it gets hard like i mean there's a reason where like um uh, Marshawn Lynch was like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Cause he's like, I don't want to talk to the media right now. I'm yeah. here because like, it is in my contract that I have to be here and I will be fined if I don't. But he was like, this is not something that I want to do right now. Yes, before one of the, okay. I mean, I know he was like a star, but like before the biggest game of the year and like, they're just putting all these thoughts in your head. That's crazy. But then also like this Britney stuff that came up recently, or I mean, it's been going on for a while now. Mm -hmm. I recently got into it because like the documentary and the, reoccurrence of the court cases but i also thought about like that's crazy the fact that paparazzi and like tmz and all those groups like they're ruthless they, they yeah. do not care that is like i was seeing that like some of the pictures they would get of her at certain times were like ten thousand dollars or whatever. i don't even know like crazy numbers for a picture mm -hmm. and it's like these people have no time to like go outside and i used to be like you're rich like you can just ask your your uh bodyguard or whatever to go get your food like i want to go outside too like that's the thing. yeah you want right. to a normal life so exactly I mean, and imagine like being that from like a child star like a young age like like how we see a lot of child stars like go through different scandals or different things in their lives like there's so much pressure you're being watched 24 7 like imagine going through middle school and all the awkwardness that it is while also like <laughs> everyone is watching you on tv and like reporters are asking you questions and you can't even go to the dentist without like a camera being shoved in your face yeah i mean it's okay. not, I mean, it's, I now it's imagine helpful. now imagine that and being an introvert and needing that it like inside time to recharge like you just don't get that yeah like some of the singers like some of these singers who are like they're really good at singing but like they just don't like media attention and it's like mm -hmm. i want to just showcase my talent and i'm good at it so i can make money for it but i'm also like i love this but now i don't want to have to like talk to eighty thousand reporters and go on all these radio shows and do all these interviews with random people who don't care about me yeah like i feel like zach grindke is a perfect example of this who's that it's a pitcher for the astros what is it okay so, so, so zach grindke very little about baseball so yeah. oh okay okay so so the reason i bring this up is because zach grindke who's one of the best pitchers of of you know the last generation i guess um is i'm not gonna say notorious because that's probably not the right word but is very famous for being one of the most awkward and introverted people in, in sports mm -hmm. this guy absolutely hates being in the spotlight he hates fans well not like he hates fans but he hates like being so like Kawhi. I think it's worse than Kawhi. Dude, this oh. guy, this guy was on the verge of quitting a very promising career in baseball to moan lawns because he said mm -hmm. that he, yes, because he said he liked the 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 
solitude of doing that. He absolutely hated. Uh, I mean, there, there's a really good video on YouTube about just why he like why all this stuff happened. But this guy just hates crowds and he hates you know publicity and stuff like that. He said he actually liked that during COVID there were no fans. He played better. <laughs> I so, think a lot of players did, to be honest. A little yeah, bit. so imagine being not only uh, a professional MLB player, but being one of the hottest prospects and one of the best pitchers in the country and having mm -hmm. all that media attention around you when you're this very extreme case of introvertedness. So, yeah. I mean, I think tough. that it, it goes to show that whole phrase of, like, money can't buy happiness of, like, that's true, like, I, I want to preface with like there is that extent where it's like if your basic needs aren't being met if you can't afford like rent or food or whatever like yes money is going to change that but having a plethora of money having enough that you are like you're a professional athlete making millions of dollars like that's not going to change your mental state like you like uh there is a, a psychologist abraham maslow he, he created the hierarchy of needs which like it's a pyramid structure and it talks about like you have to have the the bottom met before you can go any higher like you have to get those basic needs met like food water shelter security before you can move on to those um psychological needs of like belongingness relationships like feelings of accomplishment um and so like it, it shows like you can't just rely on money to fix everything which is why I don't think it's fair when people are like, oh, they have so much money. What do they have to complain about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a crazy life. Sometimes I do think about that, though. Like, man, I know, like, we want all those millions because, like, sometimes I look at those numbers and I'm like, but what are you going to do with that, though? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, OK, baseball numbers are disgusting. Oh, my goodness. Like yes, 300 million are. for 10 years. Like, anyway, anyway, point, point being. Hey, soccer numbers aren't much better, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing is with soccer, though, what I don't like about soccer, they're always like, Messi, he makes $10,000 a second. And I'm like, bro. So in the time Yeah, when I you break this, it down like that, some of that some of that is absolutely nuts. Yes. Yeah. Soccer players, I don't know. Soccer players are different. The thing is with, with, guys, with soccer, it has to be, okay, you have to be close to the very top to be making that crazy amount of money. You're not yeah. going to have like a like a middle of the road player playing for fucking Chicago fire, making nearly the same amount of money as someone who plays right. in, in the premier league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, the average, I think salary in the MLS right now, uh, just hit about a hundred thousand. Um, but lowest contracts, I think like minimums might be making 50 or 60. Um, which is like crazy to me. Like there's a, the, the Timbers just signed a homegrown goalkeeper. Uh, they signed him and he played a match before he graduated uh, high school. Uh, and he's I, making league minimum right now as like an 18 year old. Like it's crazy. Like, I mean, he doesn't play much. Like he's just like a academy kid. Like they needed him. That's but the like, dream though, right? I, that's absolutely, yeah. I mean, honestly, like my dad always talked about like the dream of his would have been to be Brian Scalabrini on the Bulls, like be the 12th man. You just get paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. and then you just get to practice with the team and travel and then like play in blowout games. Like, like if, <laughs> if, if yeah, you yeah. like the sport, like that's like, that's the dream right there. <laughs> what is his quote? He's like, says like, I'm going to tell my grandkids that I was like the, I don't know. I was like the finals MVP or something. There's some Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you seen some of his stuff where he goes up against like random people like on one-on-ones? Like it shows like yeah, he was a, like a, not a good NBA player, but like mm-hmm. he's better than like 99% of the population. These, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So like these randoms, right? Because it's like always like, oh man, he's trash. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Like even college guys will challenge him and he's like, well, probably pushing 50 at this point. You can still body them in a one-on-one. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> How tall is he? White Mamba, he's gotta be White Mamba. <laughs> that that's his nickname. Oh no. Uh Scalabrini is 43 years old, six foot nine. Damn. Uh and he's he's currently doing some television uh analyst stuff for the Celtics. Interesting. Interesting. Man, yeah, but I was just gonna say that, yeah, like they make a lot of money. And it's crazy, but I don't know some what some of these guys. Okay, okay, but what you said is true. Sorry, what you said is true though. If you're like that backup behind the scenes guy, it might be pretty chill. Like you may not have all the camera time when all the reporters come into the locker room, they just pass right by you. So it's just like <laughs> you put your clothes on and you just dip out before everyone. Yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> to be the I mean, that's the dream for me as someone who's not competitive. Like, yeah. I, I could be competitive when it matters, but like honestly, like. I'm just like if I'm playing a game, I'm hoping we're all having fun. But like the like you see like when in final ceremonies, like in soccer, when like you get the medals and stuff, like the people who get the second place who get those silver medals, like a solid majority of them immediately take yeah, it off. Take it off. Like this isn't good enough. Like I'm the second best team in the world, and like this this isn't good enough for me. Like, like it's that that, that competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately. So, like, like they put, there are these they, ceremonies they put it where it's like they walk. Then, yeah, take it off. Right away. What the heck? On camera. As soon as they get off the stage, they just take it it's off. It's normal. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. Wow. Is yeah. there a bronze? No. No, because it's it's just in the finals. <laughs> unless usually, it's, unless it's the Olympics. Oh, okay. True. Yeah. Yeah. Not not Olympics, but you know, Olympic soccer is is what it is. But that's a whole other topic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So so going back on like, you know, back into the whole mental issue thing. So mm-hmm. we saw that a lot of these famous people have mental problems that are probably either already there and they are um you know they're worsened because they're famous or they develop because they're famous but on that same line is it not necessarily possible but is it likely that um a lot of people if not everyone has at least some sort of uh mental issue whether it be big or small Yes, I think that everyone in their life will experience some form of trauma, some form of anxiety, and some form of depression. Not at the same levels. Like, someone's biggest traumatic event in their life might be, like, losing their grandmother. Um, But another person's most traumatic is, like, being ripped from their home or being assaulted or something like that. Like, there, there are different things for different people. Um, And not everyone is going to have like general anxiety disorder. Not everyone's going to have a major depressive episode. Um, But like we all get stressed. We all get anxious about things. We all get nervous. Like we get sad. Uh, We we get worried. Like these these are all things that go on in our lives. Um, Even if it's not like a formal diagnosis, I think everyone in their life is going to experience some form of that. Mm -hmm. Can these things be passed down? Because I know like health like other physical health stuff can get passed down can mental health issues be like really like passed down like your dad was a not your dad sorry like someone's dad (laughs) yeah 
I was about to say a wild one too. I was like, your dad is a schizophrenic. But no, someone's dad is like a schizophrenic and then they become one. Or someone's mom was, uh, uh, I don't even know all the different ones, depressed. And then they became depressed easier? Or like, how does that? Yeah, there, there definitely are some genetic components to it. Um, I, I, sp- I mean, specifically with schizophrenia is one that typically does continue in families. Um, but it's also not like a guarantee. It's kind of like, a, oh, like you have a history of this. You may be more genetically disposed to get it, but that doesn't mean you will get it. Um, like a lot of like big health issues, like if um, diabetes runs in your family, you may be more genetically disposed to get diabetes, but that doesn't like necessarily mean that like 100% you're going to get it. Um, but that also doesn't mean that like if you have a, a family history without anxiety, you can't experience anxiety. Um, because like a lot of it has to do with our environment as well. So, mm-hmm. sorry, I have one more question because I've never actually looked up what anxiety means. I always feel like whenever people say like I have anxiety, it's like they feel like they're cringing in certain situations, but like what is like anxiety, I guess? Yeah, I, I think a, a really kind of base way to break it down is just like persistent worry and fear that's not rational. So like if I live near the ocean uh, and it floods often, like I, I should be right to fear, like I, I have reason to fear that like my house is going to flood. But like if I live on top of a mountain and I'm worried that my house is going to flood, like there's not really much that goes into that. Um, there's not really a base for that. Um, but also there are certain certain situations that just make us feel anxious. Um, kind of just that stress, I, stress and fear is probably a really good, like if you were to like break it down in a formula, stress plus fear is anxiety of like, oh, I have to go in for a job interview. I'm feeling really anxious about it. Um, some people don't have that. Some people are like, great job interview. I get to talk to people. Awesome. And they go do that. And other people, are like, I'm really worried, like there's a lot of pressure in this scenario, like what if I don't get it? Like, what if they don't like me? Um, I think, yeah, that, that's uh, generally what we think of when we, we talk about anxiety. Is this one of the things that is most common in the majority of people? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I got to do my internship uh, last year um, at a hospital. I was at Central DuPage Hospital in the um, outpatient setting. So I wasn't working with people immediately in crisis, which is inpatient where they're in the hospital 24 seven. Um, but I was working with people who were coming in on a uh, daily basis. So like Monday through Friday for a couple hours every day to get some therapy. So we did individual group and psychoeducation. Um, and I would say a majority of the people that uh, I talked to there was because there was some form of anxiety and some form of depression. Um, I would say that, again, like I echo that most people are going to experience that at some point in their lives. Um, some people might not experience it to a really large degree. Some people may not recognize it. Um, but like definitely anxiety and depression are the, the two probably most common occurring, um, mental stuff going on. Makes sense. Yeah. So on that tip, so now it's like, we know about different forms and all that stuff just wondering now if you were to have someone in your family or a friend that you know is dealing with mental health issues on the more severe end and maybe they're hard to reach what would be your advice to someone 
who's trying to like actively get them help? Yeah. Um I think just being open and loving, just kind of being a support for them. Um which doesn't mean they're always going to lean on you for that support, but being available for that. Um you know, just being someone to talk to or uh advocating for them when they need to be alone. Um you know, it, it it can be really hard, but it's also important to remember that it's not just a, a person is not their mental illness. Um, so one of the one of the things that I like to say of to people as they're working through this is like, I am a person with depression. Depression. I am not a depressed person. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not the only part of me. It is a part of me, and I can own that and I can cope with that. But it is not the only thing that defines me. Um, it is is something that I carry and something I'm burdened with, and so. You know, be, being that for people, knowing it's like, hey, like they're going through a tough time, but this isn't who they are. This is not um, their only defining feature. Um, so if you're if you're really worried about someone, you can call uh, wellness checks, check in on them. You know, um, make sure they know that they're not alone. Um, and it honestly kind of depends on the person. I, I have experienced where people really just want someone to talk to, or they need someone to help them with daily tasks or they just need to be left alone for a little bit. Um, and I think it's okay to kind of ask them what they need and it's also okay for them to not know what they need because when they're dealing with something on the more severe side, it can be really hard to know what you need in that moment. Okay, so so more sympathy instead of victimization. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that is a big key because I, it, it, that comes with part of the stigma of like, If I come out and I'm telling these people that I'm anxious, what are they going to think about me? Are they only going to think about my anxiety? Are they only going to worry that like I'm not going to be able to show up to something because I'm anxious so they're not going to invite me? Um, you know, just j- treating them like a person, like not not treating them as if they were their mental illness. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got more questions, but uh, I, I guess we got time for like one more major talking points. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so th- I mean, not something obviously that everyone knows for sure, because it's, I'm sure it varies between uh, issues, but can a mental illness be completely cured or solved? Uh, my immediate answer is no, I don't think there's a cure. And I think that kind of cure is the wrong term. Um, I would say coped with is a, is a really good way to do uh, to think about that. Because there are so many different ways to cope and there are so many different ways to deal with the hand that you've been dealt. Um, whether that's just like basic coping skills, such as like deep breathing, mindfulness, meditation, talk therapy, stuff like that. Uh, as well as medication. I am a, I'm a big advocate for finding what works for you in your case. There are some people who uh, are anti-medication. There are some people who only swear by medication. I think a, a healthy combination of talk therapy and medication can be really helpful. Um, and I think one of the uh, kind of key figures that is the idea of recovery, whether that be substance abuse or other addictive behaviors, Um, an addict is never cured of their addiction. They're always fighting that. They're always coping with the fact that this is something that they're dealing with. Um, and I I bring that up because I also think that everyone is an addict to something. 
um, whether it be shopping, whether it be porn, whether it be substance abuse, like people find addictions all the time in anything. It can become an addiction and it's what we use to unplug and disconnect from what we're feeling. So when I'm feeling anxious, what is my first instinct? What do I turn to that may not be the healthiest? Um, and you know, sometimes for me, like uh, that's eating, eating a whole bunch of food or playing a bunch of video games and ignoring all the problems in my life or spending five hours on TikTok. Like it, it happens. Man. And you know, <laughs> I know that one's a little too real. <laughs> no, bro. I know this, like, this thing right here, your phone. Yeah, killer, it's man. huge. Yeah, like, I don't know. For TikTok specific, specifically, I used to be that one guy like, man, I can't even, I can't download that app, bro. Like, that's for kids. And plus, that's, bro, y'all you don't even know China's hacking all of you in your phone. Like, you're not going <laughs> to, bro, that's crazy. And then, like, little by little. And then you finally bit the bullet, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it's because Instagram and Twitter, people begin, like, posting stuff. I'm like, that's yep. funny. Where that, where's that video from? I look yep. in the corner, got that little note. TikTok. Yeah. It's crazy because, like, I... So uh, last semester, I, I took a substance abuse course and one of the projects that we did was an abstinence project so that we could get like a very small glimpse into like what it is like in the world of recovery, just cold cut, not it just giving something up. And so I decided on TikTok, I should have probably done social media as a whole because I'm also addicted to that. But I was like, ah, I get my news from social media, like I, I justified it. but. The way I thought about it is like TikTok is one of those where I will sit there for a minimum of 30 minutes. Like I'm not going on TikTok to watch like three videos and then turning it off. Like <laughs> I I just, I'm yeah. like, I got homework to do, but I'm gonna go watch like an hour of TikTok. And so I gave it up for six weeks and it was really hard because it just like, it was a, it was a routine of mine. It was like, oh, I'm bored on my phone. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna go on TikTok. And so, kind of having that glimpse in of like, oh, I just cut this off cold turkey and it's really hard like to just let go of something that is such a release, such a relief as well. Like it is, it is crazy how connected we are with our phones and our social medias and stuff and how much that has shaped our our mental health, honestly, and our, our views on the world and people and our, our connectedness to everything. Um, and I think, yeah, that definitely kind of <laughs> leads in with the, can it be cured? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we could have a full episode on, on the, the effect that social media as a whole mm -hmm. has had on, on mental health of people. Yeah. But you know, it's for another day. But yeah, when you said like the, um, talking about coping, and then it brought me back to what you said earlier about like having certain times when something will flare up or different times when uh, I guess like you could have a be in a depressive state for a short period of time but then like that flare up will decrease after some time right so it's kind of like these levels of different mental health issues where like at some point it's going to be at a 50 and it's going to be like at 10 it's going to be at 7 it's going to be at whatever so I guess mm -hmm. it's just about dealing with it and then lowering it when needed or i think that's part of it uh one of the ways that we like to look at uh mental health in general is through the biopsychosocial lens so um your biology your psychology and your um social uh social aspects of it and so like it 
mental health isn't just one of those things it's a combination like i could be like i could be doing really well with my mental health like socially i have supports and biologically like the pathways in my brain are making connections and the endorphins are all doing their thing but if i have something going on in my life that's really stressful i have a deadline coming up i have a lot of pressure like that's one aspect that's going to drive my anxiety to be higher if like there's a, a scenario going on where like that's going to lead me to be more depressed or if i'm feeling isolated like with covid and stuff like that led to a lot more uh, a lot higher levels of depression in people is because it got rid of that social aspect and so it, it isolated us and forced us to deal with what was going on um and so yeah there there are definitely days where I'm feeling great. There's definitely days where I'm feeling shitty and like that is mental health of, you know, each day is different. Um eat no, no two days are going to be the same. There are issues that may persist over a week, over a month, over a year, over a lifetime, but as we grow in our social support networks, as we grow in our ability to cope with different things and deal with what's going on in our lives, um that's that's a big part of uh dealing with mental health stuff for sure for sure awesome i think that's a, a good ending point right there we are kind of reaching our time limit uh but obviously um as we always do let's jump into our two reoccurring segments of the week oh yeah sure. let's start with the recommendations because yeah we switched it up for this season now we start with recommendations oh okay Ooh. yeah so Zach, I don't know if you want to go first or you want us to go first. Totally up to you. Um, I'm gonna hop on it. Um, I will recommend a TV show. It's a TV show that has been out for a while. I think it's on HBO Max. Might have some of the seasons on Hulu, but it's called Steven Universe. It is a show from Cartoon Network. Um, and it is great. Like it's a fun kids cartoon, but also it deals with mental health issues it deals with uh gender inequality it deals with socioeconomic things it deals with power structures um it is all around an incredible show um very silly incredible music gets stuck in my head all the time uh i listen to the soundtrack i listen to the score uh it is um all in all great five seasons a movie and then a sixth season that it's like epilogue show so not a, a massive time commitment, um, but it is one of probably I, I discovered it f uh, for the first time in quarantine and I wish I had started mm. it sooner. What's it called again? Steven Universe. Steven Universe. Yeah, my, my sister loves that show. Is it a podcast? Is it double as a podcast? I don't think so. No, so, okay. no just I'll think something else. It's a pretty famous uh, Cartoon Network cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out around like, a couple years after Adventure Time had started, which Adventure Time is one of my favorite shows. Also deals with some of that stuff. Big fan of that. Isaiah knows. Yes. I'm all about Adventure <laughs> Time. Still am. Um, and then one final recommendation, because I'm just remembering it now, and I'll always plug this. Um, not another D&D podcast. If you're into comedy, if you're oh. into D&D... Dude, Which, do you like, know Jake, I'm, Jake I'm, Hurwitz? Jake Hurwitz, Emily Axler, Caldwell Tanner, and Brian Murphy <laughs> yes. running a D&D campaign. If you start at the beginning, Jake Hurwitz had never played a game of D&D before the first session. 
just some old college humor people who have made an incredible, incredible uh, podcast over there. I have sunk way too many hours into it. I got the map of the first campaign up on my wall. Like I did not know that. I'm, I'm all yeah. I'm all I'm all in on Nad Pod. So definitely give that one a listen. Even if you know nothing about D and D, it's hilarious. Wait, so I definitely don't. What is D and D? D is Dungeons and Dragons. I, I, was, I was gonna guess that. I was gonna guess that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but it's great. It's I I, I got huge into Dungeons and Dragons a couple of years ago. It's it's great. I mean, because it's it's this in its simplest form, it is collaborative storytelling with dice. Um, and in its most advanced, it's a great way to hang out with friends and make adventures and have fun and make things extremely goofy because you don't need to always take it too serious but you have the ability to take it seriously if you want so did you find out about this podcast because of uh the college humor people or because of dungeons and dragons yeah so i uh i've been following college humor for a while like when they started and then like kind of dipped off for a bit and then came back in and they started their own streaming service uh because they're like hey YouTube kind of sucks for advertisements on things where they'll like randomly pull uh, funding and stuff. So they're like, we'll make our own streaming service. And one of their big shows that they started was Dimension 20. Uh, and the first season's Fantasy High, uh, which I believe is all free on YouTube. Definitely check that one out too. It's Dungeons and Dragons, but like if they were freshman kids living in like a, uh, like, suburbs of chicago or something like it, it's great it, it's it's the dungeon master brindley mulligan incredible uh storyteller the the cast there wonderful um a solid and the episodes aren't as long as critical role Can a critical role gets like six hour episodes um which like is a little too long for me so <laughs> damn do call us humor fucking love I, especially back in the day i, I absolutely love them um all right, I'll go with my recommendation for the week. It's a song. It's My Kind of Woman by Mac DeMarco. The song's just mm. too fucking good. It's so good. If you, if you want to get into Mac DeMarco, this is the way to go. Um, it's been playing on my phone for like two weeks now. It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> for once, I'm shouting out a different Mac. Yeah, I know. This man's a <laughs> Mac Miller stand. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I got you. Uh, hmm. No, I'm going to give the whole album. Okay, so there's been, I've been listening to one whole album for the past three, six days. For the past six days. Like, I've been listening to this album nonstop. It's called We're All Alone in This Together by Dave. Not Lil Dicky Dave, but Dave from the UK. Uh, amazing rapper amazing lyricist a lot of uk based like uh i guess like issues and talk but you can definitely understand some of the topics because it's a lot of american history as well but um uk putting out a lot of good a lot of good rap music recently yes that's all bro it's all listened to for real are you on on the wave (laughs) i i I listen to some of it you know I, I'm not going to pretend I didn't start because I've heard some KSI stuff, but you know, <laughs> yo, my, he truly, he turned it around. No time with featuring little Dirk is a genuinely a good song. Wait, when did, uh, is this new? He, yeah, yeah, he just dropped an album like last week. It went number one in the UK. 
because he does absolute mad numbers streaming. Like he just hit like 10 million monthly listeners. He's got song, like on that record, he's got one with uh, Future. Uh, he's got yeah, a song damn. with, uh, he's got one with Smoke Perp. Uh, he's got, uh, he's, he's got some insane features, but he's got some decent stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll throw in the extra recommendation. No Time <laughs> featuring Lil Durk. Honestly, yeah. better than I thought it would be, especially when you think about, you know, this guy's KSI, the internet dude, but. Bro, Bro I, the okay, last I, song I remember I, from KSI was Kilimanjaro. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. <laughs> I, okay, I think it was probably Zach. It was either Zach or like Andy. I don't know. One of you guys, probably you, who put me on to KSI to begin with. Yeah. But then, I mean, I know like he, like he evolved and all this stuff. When he began making music, I did not respect him at all. Because I was like, you're going to be. Oh, he was terrible. It was, it was god awful. On yeah. top of being terrible, I didn't think he was going to stay. I thought he was like, you know, I'm going to do this, see if the money's good, and then I'll get out. But like, I think he's he's definitely serious at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like, I mean, he's still serious in the YouTube game. Like, he's still, like, that whole crew of the Sidemen are putting videos out weekly oh, and yeah. stuff. But like, he's, yeah. Uh, and they're high quality stuff too. But mm-hmm. like, definitely, like, he's he's been putting in work with his album. Like, he's taking it seriously. He's getting some solid features. Like, He's not just messing around anymore, which is great. Which, like, you know, you gotta respect the hustle at that point. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. doing big things. All right, and then that was a, a long recommendations, but onto our last segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of really good recommendations, though. Onto yeah. our last segment, Counselor's Corner, where we give you uh, unsolicited advice on anything, really. So, Zach, if you want to go first again, more than welcome to. Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short and sweet. Check in on your friends. Check on. Uh, check in with yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. Ah, you shouldn't let me go first. I'm the man who's like actually getting a degree in counseling. So suck it. No. <laughs> He's got you no. there. Check in on your friends. Check in with yourself because, like, if you're not feeling it, you're not going to be able to be there for others. Uh, one of the things my supervisor, uh, great dude, taught me a lot, but you can't pour from an empty cup. So you, you have one cup of water to pour every day. Sometimes you need to pour a little bit more into yourself because you can't, once once you've poured it into everyone else, then you have nothing left for yourself. So take it, check, check in with yourself daily, you know, really take care of yourself. Awesome. Way better than if Isaiah had said it. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> my piece of advice, um, watch your shows in a different language. This is definitely coming from me because I am currently watching a lot of French shows to try to up my French game before I leave. But you know what? After a while, it, it gets really fun. At first, it's a little, it's a little tedious because you have to. You can't just say that, man. People are going to be out here trying to watch their shows in Russian and be like, I can't do this. No. Man. Okay. Look, if you're really serious about trying to learn a third or second language or whatever, yeah. do it. Yeah. At, at first, it's going to suck a little bit because you don't know what the yeah. fuck is going on. But then after that you actually kind of start craving it you know do you have to do you find it more helpful to like watch a show that you like have watched a couple times before so you have the general gist or is it like watching like a brand new show in a new language i haven't the tried that on yet. your life yes, you have. what are you saying <laughs> what even the backstory on your life you really told me i remember exactly where we were you're under our oh no 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 i meant now i meant now i meant now Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, okay, when I learned English, that's exactly what I did. I would watch the same shit first in Spanish because that was my native language, and then in English, and 
I, I mean, I had a whole system for it. But what I'm doing now, because I don't like uh, things that are, are dubbed, I will just mm. watch a French show that is actually French. Got it. Yeah. Don't keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm going to say take come on, come on. Take time to Okay, I got you. Ooh, I got you. All right. All right. At the, let's hear at it. the end of every week. Take time to write down the things you did wrong and figure out how you can fix them next week. Oh, that's interesting. Very nice. All right. Whether whether it's talking to friends and you like disrespecting someone or you you messed up at a, your job, I don't know. <laughs> Dang. I'm going to I'm going to piggyback I'm going to piggyback on that and say also write down your strengths. Because I think a lot of the time we focus on the things we do wrong. <laughs> You're just killing no, him out I, here. <laughs> like we, a lot of times we focus on the things we do wrong, but we don't give ourselves credit for the things we do right. Um, which I think, uh, again, it can go back to a lot of self-esteem stuff, which is a whole another episode you guys could do a thing on. But like, uh, there's a there's an assessment out there called the Strengths Finder that tells you like out of their like list of like 30 something strengths what your top five are. Um, because I think it's really good to build off the things that you're good at doing, you know, because that also allows you to make connections with others and be like, hey, I'm really good at this. You're really good at something like completely different. We can bounce off each other's strengths really well. So make sure to highlight the things you're doing well, too, because like life is really hard um, and there's no need to always beat up on yourself. Not to say just, that you shouldn't also strive to be no, better. No. So I say yours is still <laughs> very good. I was just picturing <laughs> it in my head. Like, what if someone's list is like 20 things and it's all these bad things they did in the week and they just get depressed? <laughs> like, man, my life is horrible. Exactly. Bad that's, person. You, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta balance it out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, all right. You wanna take, guys, it, take it away? Yeah. Uh, this was a great, great episode. I learned something. I think Juan learned something. I think we all learned something. Um, it was great having you, Zach. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. See you guys. Thanks again for being here, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Minority Report Podcast.